verse 5. And it shall be when he shall be guilty in one of these things that he shall confess that he hath sinned in that thing. Verse 6. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin which he hath sinned, a female from the flock, a lamb or a kid of the goats for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin. Verse 7. And if he be not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring for his trespass which he hath committed two turtle doves or two young pigeons unto the Lord, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Skipping down to verse 11. But if he be not able to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then he that hath sinned shall bring for his offering the tenth part of an ephah of fine flour for a sin offering. He shall put no oil upon it, neither shall he put any frankincense thereon, for it is a sin offering. Why don't you place your Bibles down, or your iPad, whatever you're reading the word from, and let's just lift our hands and our voice. Ask the Lord to bless his time and his word. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power. You're wonderful. Jesus, I believe there are people here that want to hear from your word, some that are hungry to receive something from you. We ask for your anointing and your blessing, Lord. We feel your glory here. We feel your power. In Jesus' name, have your way. We all pray in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to say there's just something something refreshing about a Sunday morning, isn't there? Yes. I was hoping I'd get a little bit more of amen there. There. Something refreshing about a Sunday morning. Now, it's a little bit more challenging when it's daylight savings springing forward forward Sunday. Even for the preacher who I was over there yawning a bit and trying to shake myself. I had to get up here and I I get to stand in front of you all and bring the word. And I'm just kind of, you know, feeling feeling like I'm not quite here yet. But we're, we're getting there. Anyhow. It is good to be on a, here on a Sunday morning. There's something about singing praises to the Lord, especially this incredible facility. You guys have out, what I've heard is you've outgrown your, your uh, former facility. And to see the sun shining through here and just, just to be in here, it, it, it's not necessarily a traditional church. But what makes it special is that we're the church and who we're lifting up and who we're praising. It's about him. And uh, I, hope that, I hope that today that the church has made an impression on you. Because and will make an impression on you, and that the Lord will impress something on your heart. Last night when we were here, I was walking through uh, the aisles to figure out where I wanted to sit, and I looked on the floor, and I saw a bunch of high heel impressions, and I thought to myself, this must be where they have the church have church all the time, because I hadn't I didn't figure that out yet. I hadn't asked anybody yet, and the thought kind of came to me. You know, we make our impressions with our high the girls do anyways with the high heels on the floors. But I hope that more, more than just that kind of impression happens today. But I hope the Lord impresses something on these parents and families, the church people, guests and friends that you're here. This is a great way to start your week. I want to give honor to Pastor Gene and his wife and family. And I want to say to you that if you're a guest and this is your first time to the Apostolic Church, I also, this is my first time, and I encourage you as a guest that you should come back on a Sunday when Pastor Gene is preaching, because he is a phenomenal preacher. I've heard him outside of this church in, in conferences and camps. So you owe it to yourself to come back to hear Pastor Gene. And uh, I do have a confession to make, Brother Gene. When, um, when I was 17 years old, I was in Connecticut um, with, with an, traveling with an evangelist. And Pastor Gene was the youth evangelist at the Connecticut youth camp, okay, or at the Connecticut camp meeting. And so 
J.T. Pugh was the Bible teacher during the day. Greg Godwin was the night evangelist. And the youth guy in the upper room on that college campus was Reverend Calvin Jean. And he preached a phenomenal message, and I got the tapes. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know you weren't supposed to do this. But I listened to that tape in my Walkman and took notes and made highlights. And the next time I was asked to preach a sermonette in my youth group, I preached more to my God, that sermon that you preached. And so I have to confess before you all, I plagiarized the sermon of your pastor when I was 17 years old, and it worked because my youth pastor said, man, he said, that was incredible. I have, I have people. <laughs> but, but at the time, I didn't realize, I was green. I didn't know that that wasn't how you preached. I had, nobody hadn't taught me yet, but uh, so it worked for you and it worked for me. Praise God. <laughs> So I'm just making a few remarks before we begin to preach, but uh, thank you so much for the invitation to be with, to be with you all uh, last night uh, in, in the hyphen service. And then uh, when we were, pa- we were on our way to Louisville for, uh, for spring break with my family, and I actually had just laid down a shirt, a shirt and tie, an extra one, for whatever reason, something, I don't know what came over me, I, la- I had just laid down an extra shirt and tie, dress shirt when my phone rang, an unknown number, and it was Pastor Gene saying, well, if you're going to be here, would you, how would you feel about preaching Sunday morning? And so I guess as I laid that shirt and tie down, that was that moment that, that you called. And so thank you for that invitation. It's an honor to be here. There's nothing more I love to do than to talk about Jesus and to share him with, with you all today. And uh, thank you for the wonderful meal, the basket, the snacks, the drinks, the hospitality. It's good to be with with our friends, uh, Kyle and Amanda Kelly. We went to Indiana Bible College together, and so good to see them and their boys. And, of course, last night to meet uh, Kevin and Miranda Tipsworth, our our hyphen directors here, and it's good to have my family here. And so let's get get into the the word of the Lord here. We've read from from Leviticus, and uh, that's that's kind of an an interesting passage. That's where... That's where a lot of you, if you read in your Bible on your bread program, you, 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 you probably get hung up during Leviticus, <laughs> and uh, then you'll say, I'm just going to jump to the Gospels. Anyways, let's get started here. Uh, there, are, there are many things in, your, in our lives that we just simply cannot afford. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> there are extravagant items that are far beyond our finances. There are extra things that uh, we don't need, but we want them. And sometimes there are even everyday things that we haven't properly planned for, perhaps, that seem to become expensive. Or, you know, in the summer, our electric bill might be higher. And then, you know, those kind of things that, that you, if you're not on the budget plan and you just, that you don't expect it, 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 it can become, uh, it can become expensive to you. Now, there's something that I've wanted for a long time, and that's a boat. And uh, I'm not here to take an offering for a boat from you. That's not what this is about. But I've wanted a boat for a long... I grew up on the White River in Indianapolis, Indiana. I I like water sports. I don't do snow skiing. I don't do motorcycle thing. Nothing that has to do with the ground. I want to be in the water because I feel like that's a softer landing if I happen to crash or anything like that. And so I just enjoy water skiing, kneeboarding, inner tubing, whatever, pontoon boat, speedboat, bass boat, canoe, kayak, whatever... I've wanted a boat, but, but I, 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 I realized this, that my, my brother-in-law in Oklahoma, he had, a, he had a, a nice boat. 
but he had a it had a starter problem and some other kind of problem and and it needed the re, it needed the registration tag on it and then I'm sure I was going to have to insure it and then I had to get a a tag on or a license plate whatever whatever you call it around here on the trailer and then I would have to find a weekend to actually enjoy it like to stop and not plan anything and just plan to go enjoy the boat but I just I just came to the point finally that I decided I can't afford that and I just had to make the decision it's not time for a boat right now. Maybe sometime. Or, or maybe, uh, and I'm sure you, you find yourselves on many days in the same situation. I wish I could afford that new phone, or I wish I could afford that. And, uh, or maybe, maybe you're like the children who the teacher asked them to write an essay, uh, asking them what they would do if they had a million dollars. So everyone got their paper and their pencil, and they are just feverishly writing. I mean, they are spending that million faster than you can get it printed. And there they are. They're writing it. And there's this one boy, Willie, and he's just sitting there twiddling his thumbs with his paper there and his pencil still laying there. You know, that nice pink eraser and that, that fine tip number two pencil is just, just sitting there just fine. And the teacher's wondering what's going on with Willie. All the other kids are just writing just like, like crazy, all these wonderful ideas to spend a million dollars with. So finally, the teacher says the time was up, and she collects the paper, and she gets Willie's, and his is completely blank. And she says, what's the meaning of this, Willie? Is this your essay? Everyone else has written multiple pages, and you have absolutely nothing on your paper. And the kid said, well, that's what I would do if I had a million dollars. I would just do nothing. He wouldn't have to work. He could just enjoy doing whatever. Wouldn't it be nice to have a million bucks and just do nothing? He could afford to do nothing because he had all that money. We often struggle with having an appetite or an eye for things that are more expensive than we can afford, whether they're cars or computers or clothing. But what happens when this can show up in our walk with the Lord and we think there are things that are too expensive for us to earn or to have in the kingdom of God? There are many days sometimes that you might feel, I can't afford the things of God. They are too expensive. I feel like I don't have enough to cover my sins or my problems. I can't reach that height in ministry that you're asking me to go to. I can't live that level of commitment. That's too expensive. I cannot afford the gospel today. But this morning, I want to remind somebody here today, this kept, I, 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 I didn't know yesterday what I was going to preach today until the Lord was waking me up this morning, and this thought kept hitting my mind, the affordability of the gospel. And I'm here today to tell you, no matter if you've been in church for five minutes or for 500 years, it might feel like, that whatever you need in the Lord, you can afford it. You can afford it. You can receive it today. Whatever you want, you can come to this area at the front that we call the altar. And if you need your sins forgiven, you can afford that. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be even rich in God. You just have to have an opportunity today to receive something from Him. I believe that you can afford the gospel today. You might feel like giving up. You might feel like you have too big of a trouble, too big of a sickness you might even have felt like you couldn't even come down here when they were anointing the sick with oil and those that were needing. Uh, th- there's probably a lot more needs that were represented in this room than that just came down here because the enemy has probably convinced some of you you can't afford that. You can't go down there because you don't, uh, you know, don't you remember what you've done and where you've been? You don't deserve to be up there. You don't have enough in your spiritual bank account to get yourself up there. 
But this preacher came to get that voice out of your mind and to declare something to you today. You can afford that. You can get to this altar. And you can receive something from the Lord today because His gospel is still real and it's still true. We have every opportunity to receive something from the Lord until that trumpet sounds. And I haven't heard the trumpet yet today. I haven't heard Him calling us home yet. So until he calls us home, you still have the opportunity today. He could come back this afternoon. I don't know. It could happen in five minutes. But I want to make sure that while I have voice in my life that I am declaring to somebody today, you can make it. You can receive what you need today. Hallelujah. The affordability of the gospel is that while you cannot afford to pay the price for your sins, we know someone who has paid the price and his name is Jesus. The affordability of the gospel is that even though your spiritual debt may be racking up, you can be forgiven and he can forgive you of the things that you've seen and thought and heard and done. He can wash those away. The affordability of the gospel is that you cannot afford to try and handle your problems on your own. It's too risky. It is too troublesome. Some of you are trying to hold on to your problem and figure out how you're going to get healed. Some of you are trying to figure out how you're going to get your marriage to get back together. Some of you are trying to figure out how you're going to parent. And let me tell you, you can't afford to do it on your own. You need to come to an altar. You need to have an apostolic move of the Spirit on your life. You need to let something speak into your heart to remind you today, I can't afford to do this on my own, but I've got riches in God. I've got something in Him that I can receive. Hallelujah. It's going to cost you something if you hold on to yourself because you aren't going to be able to handle it you can't afford it on your own the only way you can afford God's blessings is when you let him do it not when you try and work it with your own hands the inspiration for this thought and this message uh, and just the little bit of research that I did uh, you know when I've preached this message a time or two and so review uh, in the context of Leviticus chapter 5 there were many different offerings in the Old Testament that the children of God would bring to what they called the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. They had all kinds of different methods, all kinds of different reasons, all kinds of different animals for different kinds of sins at different times and different festivals. But this particular passage jumped out at me one day during my daily Bible reading that it appeared to me that it looked like there were some allowances for people who were less fortunate financially if they couldn't afford a lamb then you could bring two turtle doves and if you couldn't afford two turtle doves then all you had to do was just bring a handful of flour and mix it with oil it looked to me as if God was trying to say if you have sinned and you have trespassed just bring me whatever you have just bring yourself to the church and be forgiven so today you might not speak in King James you might not know every book of the Bible but you're in this house and you feel something. And you know I don't feel right, but I want to feel better. You can come to this altar and you can be forgiven. Just bring you. Just bring you. Maybe you're, a, maybe you're a teenager here and you're backslidden and you aren't living for God like you ought to. And you think, I don't have much to bring. I've spent too many of my years. Or you're a young adult or a young married couple and you think, I've, we've wasted away too much. You've not wasted away too much because you still have today and you still have beyond. So use that and bring it to the Lord. Bring Him something today. Bring Him your life. No matter 
what your financial state is or how much you feel you have in your spiritual bank account. I promise you, as long as you have breath in your body, as long as you're still halfway awake today and I haven't put you to sleep yet, I got some of you there. You still have the opportunity. You can still afford it. The affordability of the gospel is that it is for everybody and anyone who wants to receive it. You can even look in the New Testament at the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. He was always ministering to those uh, of, of a different social class than, than everybody thought that he should be. He was always being criticized for who he was ministering to. He was ministering to lepers, those who had a skin disease and they had to live on the outside of the civilization. They had to cry unclean. We get to come in here and we don't have to cry unclean to each other. We all, we all know we've got unclean, uh, uncleanness in us and sin in us. And, and we're good at sometimes hiding it behind our pretty Pentecostal clothes. And we're good at putting on a good smile. But these people actually had to literally cry, unclean, unclean. But yet Jesus still walked up to them. You've not been crying unclean here today. And let me tell you, if he walked up to someone crying out unclean, what would he do for you? If you came here and you just had a you and Jesus moment, you don't have to confess your sins to Pastor Gene or to me. You confess them to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm unclean. I need you to change me. He can reach into your situation. Hallelujah. He ministered to those caught in the act of adultery. He ministered to cheaters and to liars and to demon-possessed, to Samaritans and to Gentiles, all different classes of people publicans, sinners. He was willing to cross those social and economic boundaries to reach anybody and everybody that was crying out for help. That ought to give us hope this morning. That ought to give us hope that whether I'm from Indianapolis or I'm from Salem, Illinois, wherever I'm from, Dewar, Oklahoma, I've got hope in Jesus. I can afford the gospel of the Lord. If we look to 2 Kings chapter 4, the first seven verses, there is a story of a, of a widow woman who had some sons and her husband had died and the creditor had come and he, he wanted the money that her family owed. But she had lost her husband, that source of income. And so the creditor in verse 1 says that, that had come to take her two sons. She's telling this to the prophet Elisha. So Elisha says, well, what do you want me to, you know, what, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, thy handmaid had not anything save a pot of oil. He says to her, go and borrow vessels abroad, everywhere that you can, from neighbors. The empty vessels. And don't borrow a few, but as many as you can get. And when you are come back with them, when you come in, you shall shut the door upon you and your sons. And you pour out that oil into all these vessels. And you set those aside and you keep pouring until you fill them all. Verse 7, and she came and told the man of God and said, "Go, uh, you know, uh, verse, verse, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Verse 6, it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me another one. He said, I can't. And so the oil stopped. Then she came and told Elisha and said, look, we filled all these up. Then he said, go and sell the oil, pay your debt, and you can live your children on the rest of that. She had nothing but just that little bit of oil. And so he. What did the, the, the man of God said, go and do this and get some pots. She gets them and keeps pouring, keeps pouring. And then she sells them and she has what she needs. Can I tell you that God made her deliverance affordable. He used what she had and then she was able to go and get a little bit more. And she obeyed the instructions 
of the man of God. And so when these men of God stand behind this podium and they break this bread of life and they say, if you want to be saved, repent of your sins and turn away from your ways and live God's ways, then I would say, bring what little bit you have and say, God, forgive me of my sins. And when they break this bread of life and they say, well, we need to be baptized in Jesus' name, according to the book of Acts, that's how everybody was, was baptized all the way under the water and in the name of Jesus for the remission and the washing away of sins then I want to bring my life what little bit I feel I have, and I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus in a baptistry all the way under with his name being called over me. And then if they, if they break open the bread of life and say, well, wait a minute, it looks like the Spirit was poured out on all flesh. It looks like people received the Holy Ghost once they were repentant and once they res, uh, were baptized in Jesus' name. Then I want to bring what little bit I have and give my voice and let Him, let His Spirit flow through me. Somebody say amen. Your, your deliverance will only cost you your obedience to His plan. That's all He's asking you for today is obedience. He's not even asking you for finance or for money right now. He just wants you. He just wants your life. He needs you. He desires that relationship, and he wants you to be set free and to receive power in your life. Can somebody say amen? And I promise you, you can afford the gospel today. God will provide. God will provide for you. Think about Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. He had all of this money that he had gotten uh, he had gotten in wrong ways. He had, he had taken too much of people. It says in verse 2 of Luke chapter 19, it said, There was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans and was rich. Verse 3, And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he could not because of the press, meaning the crowd, because he was of little stature. And so he ran before the crowd, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Because he knew he was going to pass that way. Verse 5. He, uh, Jesus comes to that place. He looks up and he sees him. And he says, Zacchaeus, make haste or hurry up. Come down for today I must abide at thy house. I need to go visit you at your house. Zacchaeus made haste in verse 6. He came down and received him joyfully. In verse 7. And when they saw it, they all murmured saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. That's awesome when Jesus is a guest at the house of a sinner. If you are a sinner, that ought to give you hope. That gives us all hope because we're all born in sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. In verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, uh, the half of the, my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I'm going to return to him fourfold, four times. Here is Zacchaeus feeling conviction when he's in the presence of God. And he says, I'm going to give back. You see, Zacchaeus had everything. He was rich, but he was not rich in the Lord. Here was a man that could physically purchase whatever he wanted for happiness. And sometimes that's how we can be as Americans. We can think that we can purchase our happiness. But Zacchaeus proves to us that we cannot purchase our happiness in a relationship or in a chemical, or in a, something in our life, a boat, or whatever, whatever you want to call it in your life. If you're trying to buy your happiness, you're going to be disappointed like Zacchaeus was. But I hope today on a Sunday morning in Salem, Illinois, that you will run ahead of the press and you'll get up here first and Jesus will say, come on, I want to visit with you today and I'm going to have an impact on your life and I will give you something greater than your earthly riches. 
it had such an impact on his life that he's giving back all of his ill-gotten gains. It will make an impact on your life when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ. I ask you to count the cost today because a life of sacrifice and surrender to Jesus Christ today is much cheaper now than paying the eternal price that it's going to cost you on judgment day if you choose the wrong life. I ask you to give him everything today and he will become whatever you need. He will become your everything if you give him your everything today. Somebody say amen. Amen. He's just asking for you to be a worshiper. He's asking you to use your voice. If you're a minister, keep ministering. If you're a Sunday school teacher, keep teaching. If you're a guest, keep coming back to this church until you find what you need. Because I promise you, it's here and you don't have to search much harder. It's right here at this altar. It's right here in this word. It's right in a Bible study with the minister of this church. Give of yourself today. It should give you hope today. This, this story was, was going over and over and over in my mind this morning. Kept waking me up today. And that's in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John, this is after the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Ghost has fallen, uh, has fallen in the upper room on the 120. This is after the, the sermon and after the 3,000 that have received the Holy Ghost. And here Peter and John are going into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour of the day. Verse 2, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, which they had laid daily at the gate of the temple. You see, he was lame, so he wasn't allowed to go into the temple. So all he could do was just lay at the gate and hope he could get something from people. He was asking alms or offerings of them as they entered the temple. Verse 3, Here, here, here is, here is um, the lame man, and he sees Peter and John about to go in the temple, and he asks alms. Verse 4, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive some money. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. So today, this preacher, I tell you, I wish I could help you pay your financial bills. I wish that just the compassion that I have for people and the compassionate side, that ministry that we have to help you. But can I tell you, today I don't come to you with silver or gold. But as the apostles did, I am here today to say, if you are sitting at the gate of the church, and you think you don't deserve to get in here, and you think you can't afford it, can this preacher reach his hand out and say, come on, somebody, stand up, and let your ankle bones, and let your feet be made strong and I wonder if there's anybody that would leap up and lift your hands to heaven and say Jesus I'm ready to receive that gospel into my life I'm ready to receive that deliverance that you're wanting to give to me today I'm tired of waiting by the gate and I'm ready to go into the temple and to receive something from you today I think this ought to give you hope why don't you stand with me and lift your hands and lift your voice and let's just spend some time right now Jesus I'm ready to receive something from you today Lord, I believe, Lord, that we can afford this. I believe that you're just asking us to obey. All you're asking us for is our obedience and our voice. What little bit we feel like we have. 
Like that widow woman, we might feel like we only have just a little bit of oil. We might feel like we don't have enough to pay our debts here today, Jesus. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe. Why don't you clap your hands as you're seated? I thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing, worshiping. The currency of the kingdom of God is the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood will cover whatever sin, whatever problem. And that authorized name that is on the account is the name of Jesus Christ. He has the power. Let me just read some scriptures to you so you don't just think it's the power of positive thinking or some fired up young preacher who's 36, but some accuse him of looking 24. It's going to be great when I'm 55 plus. It's going to be wonderful. But right now, people are like, how long you got at the youth division? How old are you? I'm 36. (laughs) He is sufficient. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. If you look around this room and you see some of us pretty Pentecostal people, we look at each other and we look like we've got it all together. Can I just testify for all of us and say we know our sufficiency isn't of ourselves. It's not of our suit, of our pretty clothes, but our sufficiency is of God. So let this preacher stand and testify to everybody. You don't have to feel sufficient of yourself. Just stand up and come to this altar in just a few moments. I hope you're getting your mind made up. I hope you're getting ready to make a life change because I promise you an impression will be made on your life today if you'll give yourself over to the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my affirmities, the things I can't handle on my own, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's good that we're not perfect, because then we wouldn't need the Savior. But because we have imperfections and because we have problems, it drives us to our Savior. It brings us to Him. Somebody say amen. We're redeemed with that blood that we talked about. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things or with money as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. What we're doing here, this isn't just tradition. Even though there are some traditions that are good and some habits that are good from the word of God. But this isn't just something handed down from man to man. This is something that has come from heaven. And he uses a man to speak it. But with the precious blood of Christ, verse 19 says, As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me this morning? I believe that you have received what we're talking about. I believe that the Lord has let somebody know that you don't have to have it all together. All he is asking is that you would just follow him. Follow after him. If the musicians would come, we're going to make this time a time of prayer in just a moment. Imagine with me what it would look like, what your life would look like if you gathered up all the invoices of your life. And I'm not just talking about your finances. If you do have a financial need, God can provide. This isn't a sermon about money. If you have some debts that you owe financially or you have some spiritual debts, maybe you have some people that you need you need to ask their forgiveness, some things that have happened in your life, and you feel like, I can't do all this on my own, and you have invoice after invoice, bill after bill, and they're stacked up, and you have been carrying them around in your purse, carrying around in your wallet, carrying them around in your briefcase, and you can't handle them. 
anymore spiritually. Can I tell you that the master is here and he's got a pen with the blood of Jesus Christ in it and he's ready to write paid in full on everything. Every sin, every struggle, every uncertainty. If you don't know which way to go for your future, anything that you need, he is willing to pay those invoices of your life today. He is just asking you to bring yourself and to uh, make yourself available. Imagine what the environment of your home could look like, Dad, if you brought your worries and cares to him instead of trying to hold it all in, man. You're trying to be the tough guy. But I say it's all right if you came up here and you were broken before the Lord, Dad, and your son saw you repentant before the Lord. Mom, if you'd been trying to hold it all together, but you know that you're sick and you're not, you're not ready to go to the doctor, you're, not, you're afraid of what the doctor might say, go ahead and come up here and let the great physician touch your body before you ever have to get to the doctor. You don't have to pay that invoice on your own. You don't have to pay that price for peace. All you have to do is come surrender to the Prince of Peace. You can't find peace on your own unless you come find it here at this altar. Some have already started to come. If you would make your way here, if you would make your way here, you can. this altar is open. Don't ignore the gospel of Jesus today. Without Him, I promise you, you have no hope. There is no hope in chemicals. There's no hope in a relationship unless it's with Him. I hope that you would come and surrender your life to Jesus. I know we can't afford mansions, but someday He's going to give us a mansion in heaven if we get it right here, if we get repentance and water baptism in His name, if we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, if we spend that time in Bible study, if we connect with a minister in our church and let them teach us more. Come on, don't be afraid. Step on into the altar. Step on into the altar.